Welcome to the Whiskers and Wings podcast, where we tell imaginative tales for kids and the kid at heart. I'm Teresa, and I'm so glad you could join us today. Every week, we'll post a story or two we hope will make your imagination take flight. And this week's story is extra special because it's our 50th episode. And because it's such a special occasion, we have not one, but seven original mini-stories for you today. And each one of them features some very interesting bugs. So without further ado, here is our first story, The Greedy Grasshopper. Once upon a time, there was a grasshopper named Gus who lived in a very green field. He loved to eat the greenest leaves and spent most of his time searching the field for the best ones. One day, another grasshopper named Greta happened to hop by. Wow, Gus, she said. Those leaves are so deliciously green. Yep, he replied. They're the best leaves in the field. Ooh, Greta said. Can I have some? I'm really hungry, and those leaves look so yummy. But Gus frowned at her and said, No, these leaves are mine. They are the greenest and the best, and I worked hard to find them. I don't want to share them with you or anyone else. Couldn't you share just one leaf with me, Gus? You have so many. But Gus shook his head. No way. They're mine. Only I get to eat them. Greta started to hop away, hoping she would be able to find some leaves to eat on her own. Suddenly, a wild wind blew through the field. The wind blew Gus's green leaves right into the air, and they fluttered and landed everywhere. Oh no! Gus cried. My green delicious leaves! Don't worry, Greta said. I'll help you find your leaves. Gus looked at her in surprise. But I didn't want to share my leaves with you. Why would you help me? Greta gave him a smile. Because I like being kind and helping others, even if they don't necessarily want to help me. Gus was quiet as they started picking up the leaves. After a few minutes, he looked up and said, Thanks, Greta. This is real nice of you, and I don't think I was being very nice to you before. I'm sorry. I'd like to share my leaves with you after all. That is, if you still want some. Thank you, Gus, Greta replied. I'd love some. Gus gave a laugh as a new thought came to his mind. Hey, sharing is kind of fun. And, well, it makes me feel real good and happy. Maybe I should share my leaves with other bugs too, like those beetles over there. Great idea, Gus. From that day on, Greedy Gus changed and became known as Generous Gus because he was always looking for ways to share what he had with others. The End And here is our second story, The Angry Ant. Ants live in big families called colonies, and in the biggest colony in the forest of Glurk lived an ant named Antony. Antony loved to help his colony gather food and bring it back home so everyone would have enough to eat. Antony was out looking for food with his friends, Alice and Avery, when he came around a large rock and found several whole potato chips. 
What a delicious find! He and Alice and Avery each picked up a chip and hurried to take them home. Everyone is going to love these chips back at the colony, Alice said. Yeah, said Avery. We might even win the best food find of the day award with three whole potato chips. But Antony frowned at them and said, You mean I will get the award? I'm the one who found the chips after all. Avery turned with a scowl on his face, but as he did, he tripped over a leaf and dropped his chip. It fell to the ground and broke into many pieces. Oh no! Alice and Avery both cried. You did that on purpose, Avery! Anthony shouted. No, I didn't, Avery told him. I tripped! It was an accident! Yeah, it was an accident, Alice said. But Anthony only got more angry. No, you meant to break the chip! I know it! You didn't want me to win the award! Alice set her chip down. That's enough, Anthony! Avery is our friend, and he wouldn't do that to you! You're just worried you might not win that award now that we only have two chips. But isn't your friendship with Avery more important than some silly award? And suddenly, Antony felt rather silly. He knew Alice was right. Of course his friendship with Avery was more important than any award. They'd been friends since they were larvae. I'm sorry, Avery, he said. I guess I let winning that award become too important. Will you forgive me? Avery smiled. Of course, Antony. And together, they picked up what pieces they could of the broken chip and headed back to the colony. And when the best food find of the day award was handed out that evening, Antony, Alice, and Avery won it together. The end. Time for story number three, The Encouraging Earwig. Ernie was a very happy earwig, which is a type of insect that likes to come out at night. He loved looking up at the stars and seeing them twinkle in the night sky. One night, as Ernie was out for a walk under the stars, he came upon a beetle who was looking anything but happy. In fact, he looked very sad in the moonlight. What's wrong, friend? Ernie asked the beetle. I'm sad, the beetle said. I spent all day trying to learn how to fly, but I just can't seem to do it. My brother and sister got it in their first couple of tries, but I can't seem to do it. Ernie flapped his wings. Can I help you learn? I'm a pretty good flyer. I think you can do it. You maybe just need a little extra help and practice. The beetle wiped away a tear. You think so? I do. Ernie said. You're a strong beetle, and I bet with a little practice, you'll be flying in no time. Ernie spread his wings wide and showed the beetle how he used them as he jumped up to catch the air and fly. He zoomed about in the moonlight. The beetle smiled at his good flying, but he soon grew sad again. I don't think I'll ever be able to fly as good as you. Ernie landed beside the beetle and put an arm around him. You can do this, friend. I didn't fly as well as I do now when I first started. In fact, I made a lot of mistakes, but I kept practicing. And after a while, I began to get better and better. And you can too. Okay, the beetle said. I'm going to keep trying. He and Ernie kept working on it. And before long, 
the beetle was able to lift himself up just a little bit into the air. And then he was able to go a little higher. By the time the sun rose, the beetle was able to fly almost as well as Ernie as they swooped and buzzed through the early morning air. Thanks for believing in me and helping me, the beetle told Ernie. I couldn't have done it without your encouraging words. The End Don't look now, but it's time for story number four, The Truthful Termite. Under a large mound of dirt on the African plains lay long, winding tunnels dug by thousands of bugs called termites. These termites worked hard every day to dig out their tunnels. One of these hard-working termites was named Terence. While he was working on a new tunnel one day, Terence got frustrated. A big rock was in his way. No matter how hard he pushed and pulled, the rock wouldn't budge. Finally, he began kicking it, something his termite boss had told him never to do. The termite tunnels were tough, but too much movement could cause a tunnel to collapse and fall apart. Terence got angrier and angrier and kicked harder and harder until the rock finally moved. But as it did, the tunnel began to shake and quake. Dirt began falling all around him. Terence ran as fast as he could out of the tunnel. He reached the entrance just before the whole thing came tumbling down behind him. The other termites came running at the thundering sound. What happened? Terence's boss asked. Is everyone okay? Yeah, Terence answered. It caved in on me, but I got out. How did it happen? His boss asked. Terence didn't know what to do. If he told the truth and said he was kicking the rock, he knew his boss might get upset with him. I don't know, he lied. It just happened. Weird, huh? His boss looked at the rubble in the tunnel. It is strange. That shouldn't have happened. These walls are strong. He looked at Terence. Are you sure you did everything like I taught you? Terence started to say that he had, but something in him knew it was wrong. Lying wasn't okay, and deep down, he knew he had to tell the truth. I'm sorry, he said. I messed up. There was a rock in my way and I couldn't move it, so I started kicking it really hard. His boss shook his head. Terence, you know that's very dangerous. You could have been really hurt. And it wasn't right to lie to me about it. I'm just trying to keep you safe. I know, Terence answered. And I'm very sorry. Can you forgive me? I forgive you, his boss said. But there's a lot of hard work to be done clearing this tunnel. I'll give you a hand. Terence smiled at his boss. Thanks, sir. And I promise, I'll never do anything like that or lie to you again. The End We're up to story number five. The Boastful Bumblebee. Burton was a busy bee. He could fly fast, carry a lot of pollen from the flowers he visited each day, and bring it all home to the hive where the worker bees made it into delicious honey. In fact, Burton had collected more pollen in one day than any other bee. Burton was very proud of his record-setting pollen collecting. 
Whenever he flew by the scoreboard, he'd point it out and shout to the other bees, See that, everyone? That's the record! I'm number one! I'm the best! One day, the other bees decided they'd had enough of Burton's prideful attitude. Please stop saying that all the time, they told him. But Burton shook his head. Why? It's true, isn't it? It's my record, and it means I'm the best. It's not nice to brag, one bee named Beatrice answered. Burton laughed. You're just jealous because I'm so good at what I do. In fact, I'm so good, I bet I could beat my own record. You know what? I bet I could collect more pollen in one day than all of you put together. Oh yeah? The other bees said. You're on! The bees all flew at top speed out of the hive and began zooming to every flower they could find. Burton flew as fast as his wings could go, and he carried as much pollen back to the hive as he could, but he soon realized he had made a mistake in bragging and boasting. As the sun set, the bees returned to the hive, and the day's pollen was weighed and measured. Burton had lost, big time. The other bees, working hard and working together, had collected a lot more pollen than him. On top of that, Beatrice had even beaten Burton's record for collecting the most pollen in one day. Burton stared at the scoreboard before turning to the others. Hey guys, he said. I'm really sorry for saying those things and acting the way I did. That was not nice or kind of me. I kind of let my pride make me think I was better than you. But I see now that we're all really good at our job. We should work together more. Congratulations, Beatrice. Good job. Thanks, Burton, she said. And thanks for apologizing. It's good to be your friend again. The End Don't go anywhere. We've got story number six coming up. The Lazy Ladybug. Lucy Ladybug lived on the prettiest flower near the edge of the pond. Her favorite thing to do was sit and soak up the warm sunshine all day long. As Lucy sat in the sun one day, her friend Bella Butterfly landed beside her. Have you heard the news? Bella asked. The Bug Council is holding a big art contest tomorrow. The winner will get a very special surprise. Lucy jumped up in excitement. I'm such a good artist, Lucy told Bella. I'm sure to win that surprise. I wonder what I should paint. I know, I'll paint a pretty sunset. I'm heading home to get started on my picture, Bella told her. I'm sure you'll want to get started on yours too. I'll start it in a bit, Lucy replied. First, I've got to finish soaking up the sunshine. After all, I'm such a good artist, I'm sure it won't take long. But the contest is tomorrow, Bella reminded her. Don't wait too long to get started. And off she flew. The sunshine was so warm and Lucy's flower bed so comfortable, the little ladybug decided to wait until lunchtime to start her picture and played a game instead. But when lunchtime came, she found she was full, too full to work on her painting, she felt. So she decided to wait until later that day. But when the night came, it was too dark to work, so she told herself she would just get up early to make the painting. Lucy awoke in the morning and grabbed her brushes and paint and a leaf on which to make her painting, but as she began painting, she found her mind wandering. Painting seemed like a lot of work and kind of boring. 
What if she took just a little break to go sit in the sunshine? That would help her focus on her work, she thought. But she soon grew sleepy in the warm sunshine and fell fast asleep. Lucy slept right through the contest. She woke just in time to see Bella flittering up to her flower. The butterfly had a big, beautiful blue ribbon and a trophy. I won, Bella said. I won the contest. Oh, congratulations, Lucy said, though she was very sad. Bella landed beside her. I thought you were going to enter the contest too. Why didn't you? Lucy shook her head. It seemed like such long, hard work to make the painting, and I just wanted to sit in the sunshine and play games. And then when I finally got started, I didn't try very hard. But I'm glad you won, Bella. Maybe next time, if I work as hard as you, I might win too. Want to help me finish my sunset painting anyway? Of course, Bella replied. The End And finally, we have our seventh and last story for today. The Friendly Firefly. As the sun set each evening, Fiona and her firefly friends would wake up and start their nightly dance. With their tails aglow, they would light up the meadow. But the fireflies did not get along with the houseflies that lived in the meadow. No one knew quite why, but it was against the firefly's rules to be friends with the housefly and the houseflies refused to be friends with the fireflies. As Fiona was just waking one evening, she heard a strange sound. Someone was shouting for help. She flew into the air and toward the sound. It was a little housefly who had gotten stuck in a spider's web. The spider wasn't home yet, but Fiona knew it wouldn't be gone long. Help me! The little housefly called when he saw her. Just then, Fred the firefly showed up too. He took one look at the little housefly and shook his head. Forget it, Fiona. He's a housefly. We can't help him. They're not our friends. But Fiona knew she had to help the little housefly. That's a silly rule. We ought to care for and help everyone, not just our friends. And she began pulling apart the spider's web with a small twig. Once the little housefly was free, he, Fiona, and Fred flew to a nearby flower. Thank you for helping me, the little housefly said to Fiona. She shouldn't have, Fred said with a frown. If the others had seen, they'd have been very angry, said a loud voice. It was Frank, the leader of the fireflies, and he was coming toward them, and from the other direction came the houseflies, who also looked very upset. What's going on here? demanded the leader of the houseflies. Houseflies and fireflies should not be hanging out together. The little housefly stepped forward. He pointed to Fiona. But I was in trouble, and she saved me, Papa. You did? The leader of the houseflies said to Fiona in surprise. Yes, Fiona said. I saw he was in trouble, and I helped. Besides, I think it's silly how houseflies and fireflies don't get along. Why can't we all be friends? She put a hand on the little housefly's wing. Do you want to be my friend? I'd love to be your friend, the little housefly said, giving her a big hug. And from that day on, the fighting between the houseflies and the fireflies stopped. They became good friends, and all because a firefly named Fiona 
chose to help someone in need. The End We hope you enjoyed our bug tale stories today. If you liked them, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and a new Whiskers and Wings story will appear in your favorite podcast player every Thursday. You can also help others to discover the stories you've enjoyed here by sharing the podcast on social media, inviting friends to give it a try, or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We heard a lot of different stories today. Which was your favorite? Feel free to draw a picture of your favorite story from today and ask an adult to help you share it with us either through our email, whiskersandwingspodcast at gmail.com, or social media where they can find us on Instagram at whiskersandwingspodcast, on Twitter at whiskerwingpod, or on our website, whiskersandwingspodcast.com. Until next time, keep using your imagination. Whiskers and Wings Podcast was created recorded and edited by Teresa Sales, theme music by Ruth Richmond.